0: 721 in the church bibles at the bottom we end up on 722 today in psalm 145. Um, only announcement i have real quick is i believe it's this week that santos escobedo is having his ear surgery so we'll just keep that family in our prayers this week Um, otherwise i'm going to quit whining about the hot weather because i thought probably Brittany and adam got a big kick out of that i would imagine (laughs) us whining about hot weather over here you know so i'm gonna leave that one alone All right, let's begin reading. So I think this is an amazing verse to go with that song we just sang. We're going to read 1, verses 1 through 7. I will extol you, my God, O my King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another. And shall declare your mighty acts i will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts and i will declare your greatness they shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness amen let's pray father we just bless you for an amazing opportunity we have to come today and to be reminded of your greatness Uh, and and just be reminded of who you are, to give you praise, to give you honor. As we sing praise to you today, Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would bring our hearts close to yourself, and you would, Lord, send us a word, Lord, that we need to help us to be your people in this world. We do pray for the Escobedo family this week. Pray that you would guide the doctor's hands as they work on uh, Santos this week, and, uh, Lord, above all, we just pray that your name be lifted high uh, in all things that, that we see this week. Help us to be people that are always looking, Lord, and listening to what you're doing around us. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you would uh, continue to, to come when we gather and teach us. We, we thank you so much, above all things, Lord, that you would teach us more about your word each time we get together. We thank you, we bless you, thank you for these amazing words that have been penned so long ago that still apply today and will always apply. It's in your holy name we pray these things. Amen.
1: search through the earth for those who know your worth so God we welcome you here now oh living water flow come make your presence known move through your church in hope There's a reason why the darkness runs from light. There's a reason why we stand here now forgiven. Jesus is alive. There's a reason why we are not overtaken. There's a reason why we sing on through the night. There's a reason why our hope remains eternal. Jesus is alive. i
2: death, and the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe, for the souls of all who'd come to the Father are restored, and the church of Christ was born, then the Spirit lit the flame, now this gospel through the Lord. cry
3: Good morning. Yes, I love the songs this morning, and I love that last one. That might be one of my favorite favorites. (laughs) And uh, we're going to continue in the book of John this morning. So if you'll open with me, we're in chapter 14 on page 1241 in the uh, Bibles here at the church. Page 1241, John chapter 14. Daniel brought a, an amazing message last week hope, opening our understanding to some powerful places in uh, the first few verses of chapter 14 and he uh, started out by helping us see that Jesus is bringing a commandment to the disciples as he's talked to them about some of the troubling things that they've seen Judas Uh, get up and leave and and jesus has talked of one that will betray him and uh, that he's talked to peter that peter would deny him and that he's going away and this is really troubling i'm sure to the disciples because they really felt like the king of kings was here to overcome the things of this world and so they didn't understand the fullness of what Jesus was saying. Jesus is knowing this, and so he's coming in a in a comforting way, but yet a commanding way. And he says, let not your heart be troubled. And Daniel helped us to see this commandment in such a strong way. Jesus continues on there, and he says, believe in God, believe also in me. I don't believe that he was saying uh, just Turn your eyes and look to God, even though sometimes that's kind of what we think when we're in the midst of troubles, just turn your eyes and look to God. Turn your eyes and look to Jesus. I think it's much deeper than this place when he says, do not let your heart be troubled. I think he's saying, entrust yourself. It's a deeper place than just saying, oh, yes, I believe in Jesus. But entrust yourself in what God does. You have seen him. You have been entrusting yourself to him. Now in this deepest and darkest place, entrust yourself to God and entrust yourself also to me. It's a powerful place. And and I love the things that Daniel opened up to us as he went on and told us about this place. It says, Jesus says, in my father's house. But Daniel helped us to understand that this word is better understood as family. In my father's family, in his household, in his household, he said, there are many rooms, many dwelling places, and if it were not so that... Uh, So I would have told you and I go to prepare a place for you. He helped us to understand this word prepare is the place of Passover language, of the preparation day as his death is just a few hours away now. And he begins to help us to see this as Jesus says in the next place, he says, and if I go, and prepare a place for you, I will come again. This place of going, this place to go, is actually a place that was amazing to me to to see as Daniel brought this out, was actually a place meaning to depart unto death. So Jesus is helping us to understand this place that he must go and prepare a place. This place is an opportunity. Daniel was helping us to understand it's not a physical place as much as it is an opportunity that Jesus is opening up, that through his death, this opportunity would be available. And then he says... um, And where I am, there you may be also, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. This place of where, where I go, is a place not so much to understand as a physical place, as an understanding, as a place of existing with the Father. What a powerful understanding this is to understand that Jesus is saying, if I go through this unto death, an opportunity will be open to you where you will have an opportunity to come and and exist forever with the Father. A powerful place. So today I hope to take this one verse further as Jesus is uh, opening up some understandings for us so we're going to look at verse 4 and verse 6 today so verse 4 says and where I go you know and the way you know Thomas said to him Lord we do not know where you are going and how can we know the way and Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. So I, I see how this uh, continues, this understanding that Jesus is saying that the, where he's going is the purpose is to exist forever, eternally with the Father, so he makes that clear right here in verse 6. He says, no one can come to the Father except through me. So he's continuing that understanding. But verse 4, he says, where I go, you know. And you know the way. The way you know. I thought this was so interesting Because Thomas comes right back and he says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. And I thought, man, that is so us, isn't it? And, uh, And then he says, and how can we know the way? We don't know where you're going. How can we possibly know the way if we don't even know where you're going? But Jesus knew more than they knew. And so I love seeing that in this place when he says, and where I go, you know. And then he goes on to say, and the way you know. So he, he's really speaking into them, and he says, you know more than you think you know. And he says, you've been studying and you've uh, learned these things through generations. They've been passed down to you, and you know some truths here. You just haven't put it all together to understand. So I want to take that place and help you to uh, see some things that the Lord opened up to me, and starting in verse 6, and that is to understand this, this place of the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And in this place, most of us would kind of have an idea of what Jesus is saying. He was saying, the way to the Father is through me, and the truth is through me, and life is through me. And we would all agree with that, and that would be true. But I think what God wants to give us today is something a little deeper, a something that he was giving the disciples because they did know what he's about to give them. And they didn't quite have it put together, but they did know it. So I was thinking about that as God was sharing that with me, and he said, you know, Deb, I've always helped you to understand is to define things in the New Testament, you have to go where? To the Old Testament. And so the Lord took me back to some Old Testament scriptures that he wants us to begin to understand this word, the way. So the first place he took me was Psalms 119 on page 708. So if you'll turn with me there. If you want to put your marker here, we'll come back to this in a little bit, page 708, it's Psalms 119, and we're going to look at verse 105. While you're turning there, I want to wanna tell you the first thing that I did was look up this, this word, the way, in the, in the Greek understanding and also in the Hebrew understanding. And so the word way uh, in Hebrew is uh, Derek, D-E-R-E-K. And in Greece, it's hodos, H-O-D-O-S. That might not be how you pronounce either one, but that's, that's the words. And what it means in both languages is it does mean the way, but it means the path. It means the road, and it means the journey. The way, the path, The road and the journey so it's really important that we recognize what these words mean as we look at these scriptures so now as we come to Psalms 119 verse 105 it says your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path your word so In this place where Jesus is saying, I'm the way, the first thing that came back to my mind when I read this was John 1, 1, where he says, I'm the word. I'm the word. And the word was with God, and the word is God. And so I understood this. And then he goes on and he says, your word, your word, your word is all that you are. Your written word, your spoken word. It's the substance. Remember we talked about that. It's the very essence of what God is. That's the understanding of this word. The word here is Debar. And he's saying this word is a light unto my path. I want you to say, understand that. He's saying this, your word, Lord, as David is writing this, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my way, to my path. But the word he's using here is debar And so immediately the Lord took me to... Um, a couple of other places, I, wanna, I want you to hold on to that. Let's look at Psalms 119, verse 103, right above that. It says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. I could see this place even more clearly. As David is writing, he says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, through your laws, through your statutes, through your precepts, I get understanding. In other words, understanding for your path, for your way, for your journey. Therefore, I hate every false way. So I see here that David recognizes there is a way that seems right, a way that is in alignment with God's ways, and there is a false way. So as we begin to hear what Jesus is saying, we begin to see Jesus is saying, I am the way, not a way. I am the way. There is a false way. Now look with me to Psalms 119, verse 30. So a page or two back, verse 30. Verse 30 says, I have chosen the way of truth. And Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And David writes here and he says, I've chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me. Now turn with me to Exodus 20. It's on page 83. I loved how God began to show me and lead me through these places of the understanding of the way because there's really not much that you can add to this understanding. It's all defined in his scriptures. What a powerful understanding that is for us. So to understand this debar, what this words looks like. He took me to Exodus 20 and verse 1, and it says, and God spoke all these words. That's that Debar. And this place of Debar is a place that we would begin to understand what we would call the Ten Commandments. It actually is really the Ten Words, the Ten Things God Spoke. It's his laws and his ways, it's his truths. Turn with me to a few pages over to page seventy five to Exodus thirteen, verse twenty one. This is a place where Moses is leading the children of Israel and, um, out of the, out of the um, captivity in Egypt, and they're in the wilderness. And it says in verse 21, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way and benight in a pillar of fire to give them light so as to go by day and night. So God is leading them in the way. He's leading them in the way, and he's using this cloud and this fire as his presence. They represent his presence. And so what he's saying here is that I will lead you in the way that you should go. I am the way. Do you see that? I am the way. I am the pillar of fire. I'm sorry, the pillar of the cloud, and I am the pillar of the fire. And he's saying, I am, my presence is in this cloud, and it's in this fire, and I am the way that you should go. So what Jesus was saying is not a new understanding, if you begin to see that. This is something that the, the disciples would know. So let's look at one more. Let's look at Proverbs twelve twenty eight. Let me grab a, oh, a page number for you. Page twelve twenty eight, it's on page seven fifty eight. It's actually on page seven fifty nine, and it's Proverbs twelve, verse twenty eight. It says, when the wicked arise, men hide themselves. But when they perish, the righteous increase. And I'll come back to that a little bit later. But, but there is a place where the, there's a wicked and a, a, a way of the wicked, and there is a way of the righteous, and it will increase. Let me take you to Matthew 5, it's on page 1115. Matthew 5, verse 17. Page 1115. This is a place that's so familiar to us. Jesus is, is, is what's called the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is teaching, and he's helping his uh, followers here to understand that God laid out these laws, but through him he holds us to even a stronger understanding, a spiritual understanding of each of the laws. And so in this place in verse uh, 17, Jesus wrote, he said, do not think I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill it. So as we read these things that the disciples would have understood that he was telling them on the night when he said, I am the way and the truth and the life, he is saying, these words, these words are my commandments. These commandments are a light to your path. They're what will lead you to the Father and to righteousness. And he says, I want you to understand, I didn't come to do away with those words that you understood, but I came to give them life, to give them the Spirit, to bring them into the fullness of what the Father always intended for it to be. There's a place here that you know. And you know the way. And it hasn't changed. I want to take you back to Proverbs t- also again here. I want to show you a, a different way with that way in mind. I want you to look at page 740 Proverbs 14 Proverbs 14, verse 12, on page 740. So what he's told the disciples is he's, he's helping them to remember back in this place. He's saying, you know this. You know what this means. This means my commandments. Verse 12 says, there is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. So he says, you know there's a right way to follow God and to walk in his ways and to walk in his commandments and his statutes and his judgments. But Proverbs tells us, Solomon writes here, and he says, there's a way that seems right to man, and it's not down the same way. This is another way. So there is the way Jesus is talking about that aligns with the Father. Do you see that? And then there is this way that seems right to man. I want to go my own way. I want to do my own things. I want to be my own person. That way, Proverbs says, In the end is the way of death. The interesting thing about this, if you turn one page over to chapter 16, verse 25, Solomon writes again the exact same thing. I don't think I've ever seen a proverb that is exactly the same again. I see how important this was to him to write this down. It says, verse 25, there is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. How powerful he wants us to understand that. Turn back to chapter 7 of Proverbs on page 732. This chapter in Proverbs is, is about a woman, an adulterous woman, an uh, immoral woman. But I really think that the chapter is not so much about this one particular sin as it is symbolic for the world and all of its adulterous ways and its lust that it offers mankind and so i want to read starting in verse 24 it says now therefore listen to me my children pay attention to the words of my mouth do not let your heart turn aside to her ways to the ways of the world do not stray into her paths don't don't go down those paths that the world has for you for she has cast down many wounded she's destroyed many And all who were slain by her were strong men. They were no match for what the enemy is doing through the world. Her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. So there, again, there is two ways that we're talking about. Jesus says, I am the way. Where? What he is telling us, to the Father. And then there is the way of the world, the way the enemy has led, led people through the darkness of this place of lust for the things of the world. Turn with me to Proverbs 1 more, 21, and a few pages over. Proverbs 21, verse 16, it's on page 749. Solomon writes, A man who wanders from the ways of understanding will rest in the assembly of the dead. The way of understanding, this is God's wisdom. The man who wanders from away, away from God's understandings, God's wisdom, God's ways will rest in the assembly of the dead. Immediately there was a, a place that came to mind. It was it's Matthew 7. if you'll turn with me to page 1118 Matthew 7.) <clears throat> Jesus is continuing in this place teaching about God's laws and his ways and his truths. And if we start in verse 12, Jesus says, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. So he's continuing to teach on the law and the prophets, and I want you to hear what he says about that. You have to remember, I think we have taken this scripture again, out of context and have made it something that's a little different than what it says. Jesus is talking about God's law, and he says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it. He's talking about there is a narrow gate, there, a, a, a narrow gate, a narrow way, a narrow path according to God's ways and his truth in his laws. And there is a wide way, which is the way that men choose to do their own life, to have their own ways, to do whatever they desire and that's a big wide area. And he's saying he's saying that wide is the gate and broad is the way but it leads to destruction to go your own way. But because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. But he says if you come down this place and go this way it it may be not as much fun and it's easy to go down but it is God's way and it is in alignment with God and it leads to life and it says few find it he goes on down in verse 21 it says not everyone who says to me Lord Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my father in heaven Jesus is saying not everyone who, who gets into church and who says, oh, yes, I'm a believer, and oh, yes, I love Jesus, and oh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. But he says not everyone who says that will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he says, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven The will, his ways, aligning with his ways, his commandments, his statutes, his truths. He goes on down to explain this even a little better, starting in verse 22. He says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many things? And many wonders in your name. And then I will declare in them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You who practice lawlessness, get away from me. Lawlessness means to not practice his laws. His laws, not the laws of our land. Not your own laws, not your own ways, not the laws of the world. Abortion has been a big topic over the, well, really over the last 50 years. But recently, there's been this place where the Supreme Court overturned this place of Roe versus Wade. And there's been all of this disruption. But what I want to say, is anyone deciding on where we should be according to the laws of what God has established? Or are we deciding on things and becoming lawless because it seems right to man? Are there hurts on both sides? Yes. Does God want to heal everyone? Yes. But through his ways and through his word. Verse 24 says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, these laws of mine, Jesus is saying, whoever comes and aligns with me and does them, his laws, his ways. I will liken him to the wise man who built his house on the rock. On the foundation of God's laws. Turn with me to Luke on page 1181. Luke chapter three. This is John the Baptist. And uh, you're very familiar, I'm sure, with John the Baptist is, has, uh, is out in the, by the Jordan and he's baptizing people and for the remission, uh, I'm sorry, baptizing them for repentance, not remission, but for repentance, that they would see their sins in the laws of God and would turn from those ways and repent So he's coming and baptizing. But what I want to read to you starts in verse 3. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, as is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight, Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough ways smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Luke is quoting from Isaiah in this place that, um, that John is is coming and prophesying as the prophet who says, I have come to prepare the way for the Lord. What is he talking about? He's talking about he's preparing the way. I love this. We've taught on this before, that oftentimes when a king was coming into the city, then there were people who were uh, hired to go out and to move the rocks off of the road so there would be no stumbling so that the king could walk easily right through and so this is the picture that John is writing here as he said that he's the voice crying in the wilderness in this place of saying repent you are in sin repent from the things that you're doing turn your way from your ways and turn to the things of God this is moving the rocks This is clearing the path. This is making the way straight. Straight in the ways of the Lord. He says, every valley shall be filled and every mountain hill brought low. Every spirit of pride, of arrogance, of high places, things that we've set up as idols, they'll be brought down. Everything that is rough will be made smooth. The things that are not in alignment with him, the rough places will be made smooth. And all flesh will see the salvation of God. You see, when Jesus came, things began to change. He began to call out the things that were dark, right? He began to call out those that were not in alignment with God's ways. And he began to bring those high places low. And he began to smooth out the things in the rough places. Things that would be out of alignment with God's ways. As I was studying along, I ran across someone that was teaching something about, about the way. I was looking up things like how the Jewish people would see this understanding of the way, and I ran across something that just was so powerful, and it's so amazing because I know it wasn't by accident. God leads every, when you come and begin to study, he leads you to the places. If your heart's truly wanting to know, he wants you to know, and he leads you to things. I've seen it over and over in my life, to things he wants me to understand, so he led me to this place and this man was helping me to understand that the veils in the temple were called the way so there's actually three veils and the very first veil in the going into the outer court where the Offerings were made when people were out of alignment with God's commandments. The offerings for their sins were made. The first one, the first veil is called the way. (laughs) The second goes into the holy place. Where the priest would go in and the showbread is there and the menorahs are there and the priesthood could go in is called the truth, the veil of truth. But the third, going into the last place, the holy of holies, is, was called The life. And I looked at that and I thought, that seems so right. The way, the truth, and the life. And I could see this in the Holy of Holies because it's leading into the very presence of God. It all made such great sense to me. Until God led me to a scripture. He led me to Hebrews 10. So turn with me to page oh I don't have your page. Let me grab you a page number. Hebrews ten is on page thirteen eighty. So you have to understand what I was sharing with you was a Jewish understanding of the way, the truth, and the life. But when I got to this scripture, starting in verse, let's start in verse 18. It says, now where there is remission of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest, that's the holy of holies to enter the holy of holiest by the blood of jesus a new and living way a new and living way but i love this i looked up this word daniel to see if this word was actually refresh like new is oftentimes you the word refresh it's not it's not that It's actually a word that means freshly killed or freshly slain. You see, he's saying, brethren, to enter the holy of holies, to enter the very presence of God, to enter in the presence of the Father by the blood of Jesus, by a new a freshly killed and living way you see a freshly slain the blood of Jesus brings this place of a living way and he said he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh you see He's the veil. He's the veil. He's the veil to go into the very presence of God. As I began to study a little more, I wanted to share with you just a couple of more scriptures because I don't want to leave out the truth and the life so turn with me back to uh, Psalms 119 on page 1241 oh no that can't be right (laughs) let me get you a number because 12 can't be right It's on page 709. Page 709. Because Jesus said, I am the way. Do you understand what I was saying about the veil? I am the way. He's the veil that allows us to go through the veil into the very presence of God in the Holy of Holies. That was so powerful to me when I saw that. I just loved understanding it, and I see how these kind of um, symbolic places would come together after the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes and begins to bring all truths to the minds of the disciples. So, on page seven oh nine, Psalms. 119 page 142 because Jesus says I am the way the truth and so to define what the truth is this is just one place you can look up the truth in lots of places and find scriptures your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness and your law is truth so we saw that God's words his Debar his commandments are the way, and we saw that the law is his truth. Turn with me to page one now, turn to page 1118. Matthew 25, verse 46. Oh, Matthew, I'm sorry. I've got my page numbers on. Uh, Matthew 7, I'm sorry. Matthew 7 on page 1118. read this scripture a while ago starting in verse 13 14 and it says enter by the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life there are few who find it so jesus said i am the way i am the truth and i am the life this word that he's using life is from this place right here it's a word zoe and i love this understanding of zoe and he uses it many many times in the new testament you can go and easily find these places but it's an understanding of physical life as well as a spiritual life And I see this so well because when we give our life to Jesus and we begin to walk in his ways and in his truth, then your life here changes and it becomes this place of abundance, not that everything is just overflowing for you and you just have lots of money and lots of great times and everything of the world is wonderful. It's not that abundance. It's this abundance of Jesus. Because when you walk in the way and the truth, then your life begins now and will last for eternity. Sometimes we get this understanding of eternal life as starting when you die. That's not truth. Eternal life begins the very day that you commit to Jesus to be a follower of his ways and his truths and your life then begins eternally right there right there and abundance begins to overflow with him and he begins to fill you up I want to close with a couple of last scriptures and I, I still have a whole bunch here but I promise you we won't go through all of them but uh, let's go to John 10, 10 so if you go back to your marker and then turn back a, a couple of pages to John ten ten, 10 it's on page 1235 just so you can see this place It says in verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life. This is that Zoe. And that they may have it more abundantly. Satan uses the, the false teachers of this world to steal the very truths of God and to leave you in an emptiness And the enemy comes and he steals and he kills and he destroys the very thing that Jesus says you can have this if you are in me. You can have abundant life. This world does a number on that and and totally uh, destroys our understanding But I want you to understand, so turn back to chapter 14 because I want you to see something very important before we leave here today. Jesus is saying this place to come, the opportunity is going to be there. As he walks through death, it will open the opportunity for you to be able to come and to exist eternally with the Father. And in verse 6, he says, and I am, he's saying, I'm that way to get there. And I am the Father's ways and his laws and his, and his commandments. And I am his truth. And I am the life. I want to read on verse 7, but I want to show you something very powerful. It says, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him he's saying i am the the very essence of god so sometimes when somebody says well jesus never really says he is god i I am just overwhelmed that they don't see jesus is saying it over and over and over again and this is a great place and he says if you'd known me You would have known my father also. He's saying, if you know me, you know my father because we're one. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. He says, but from now on, you have to recognize him, that you've seen him because you've seen me. And Philip says to him, Lord, show us the father and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, Show us the Father? So I want to skip down. I want to show you just the next place. Skip down to verse 15, because in this place of where Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life and that no one comes to the Father except through me. He helps, to understand, helps us to understand because we're all sitting there going, but we can't keep his commandments perfectly. How are we going to get to Jesus? How are we going to follow this way? And he begins to explain that starting in verse 15. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So he just says, The way is through me. I am the way. I am God's commandments. I am his words. I am his truth. I am his laws. And then he follows this up and he says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And then he says something so powerful we have to hold on to. And it says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper That he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and you will be and will be in you. He dwells with you and will be in you. So Jesus is saying, right here, he's saying, Keep my commandments. Out of everything I'm telling you, keep my commandments. And then he says to him, he says, I'm going to the Father, and I'm going to ask him to give you a helper, one that would come alongside you. I love that understanding, that will walk with you, that will live in you, that he will be right there with you. And he says, he's the spirit of truth. And what does truth mean? He's the spirit of God's laws. He's the spirit of God's commandments. He's the spirit of God's way. He will be in you. He will walk with you to be able to walk out the very things that when you come to me, this will be provided for you. You don't have to work at being the best person you can be to be saved you have to understand coming to Jesus he will allow you the opportunity to walk out God's ways and his truth in his spirit he goes on in verse 18 he says I will not leave you orphans I will come to you a little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live, and you also. And I, because I live, you will live also. At at that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them. It is He who loves me, and He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love Him and manifest myself in Him. Over and over and over the Jesus is taking us back to this understanding of God's words of if you love me, keep my commandments. And then in verse twenty one he says He who has my He who has my commandments and keeps them It is he who loves me. We can't decide which way we want to go. And our way leads to death, and it leads to destruction. But his way leads to the Father. I wrote down the last thing that Jesus gave me, and um, I just want to share it with you. It says, The shed blood of Jesus, his death, paid the penalty established through the law and opened for us the way into the Holy of Holies to exist in the very presence of the Father eternally. I pray that this place of understanding um, has enlarged your, your understanding of what the way means. And I pray that we would search these places, as David said, search my heart to see if there's anything that's not of you that I may draw close to you. So I pray that the Lord today would use this time and this uh, opportunity and these words to help us to see the calling that Jesus calls us to. Stand with me.
1: Take my life and let it be consoled.